Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gok. I'm Becca and today's podcast episode is how to start an event planning business. And with me today, I have Cassandra Green and she has a business that she's done for a couple years now. So I'm really excited to have her. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So my first question for you is what do you do? I am an event planner um, based here in Duluth, and a lot of what I do is I really focus the big picture and the why of the celebrations. So every event has different goals, whether it's a wedding, an anniversary, they don't really seem like they have goals, but that can be as simple as um, like we want all our family to be together. Um, This is the first time that everybody is going to meet. We just want to have a celebration and just lighthearted energy. So what I do is whatever that goal is, I um, take that from the idea stage through implementation and guiding people through the planning process in a stress-free manner and taking care of all the details to ensure that everything is smooth and a memorable event. So it's a lot of um, prioritizing people's visions and just um, making it come to life. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a a really valuable thing in event planning that most people don't think about because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to measure if it was successful, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah. And then within that, knowing at the end, if your original goal was accomplished, then you know if your event planner actually did a good job, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, I think it really helps to kind of bring the energy and kind of the vibe of the event that you're trying to throw. Um, so if it's, like I said, if they, if your families have never met before, you want to create an engaging environment that, um, Mm -hmm. that starts conversations that, um, introductions and makes everybody feel at ease and calm to, you know, to be vulnerable and to make those new connections. So it has a very different vibe than, oh my God, our families have been together for years. We do holidays together Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And they're just excited. So it's just, it it really changes the energy and the type of style of the event when it comes to the different goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why you do what you do. Well, that, um, I've been doing event planning kind of my entire life um, down to even when I was nine years old, I had some friends that lived across the street that were moving to a farther neighborhood and I wanted to throw a goodbye party and my mom helped me throw this neighborhood kids party for everybody to kind of celebrate them and say goodbye and just have like one last hurrah and um, Mm -hmm. that was really like how I grew up. My like my grandmother and my mother were the ones that would be throwing, you know, the baby showers, the the bridal showers, different like events with our church and even our neighborhood. Um, so I really came from like a hostess with the mostest background. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's really like, it's just like in my blood. So it really comes naturally to me and I really enjoy doing it. So that's really a big part of why that I just feel like it's, what I'm meant to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just kind of crazy how everything comes full circle from when I was a little kid to even now. Yeah. So I want to dig into how you do what you do. Um, So kind of give me what, what, what was, what is like the personality style that does well with, with this event planning? And then 
Um, like how do you stay organized? Those kind of details. Yeah, I think um, the great thing about event planning is that um, a lot of different personality types can do it. It, okay. it just really, um, it really helps that if you're good with people, if you work really well under pressure, that's a big one. And then also um, like fast thinking is really great. Just problem solving in general. I think that's a lot of what we do as event planners is problem solving. Mm-hmm. We need to have music. So, okay, that's a problem. We don't have any music. We have to, you know, find the right um, DJ band, what have you um, for that. So I feel like even on the day of, if any kind of problems arise or something doesn't go to plan, which in every event, something doesn't go to, or like mm-hmm. something will always happen that doesn't go to plan but how do you pivot that how do you solve that problem how do you you know mm-hmm. like stop it before it even happens or you know before it becomes one big problem so I think um problem solving is a big um if you can do that really well and work with people then it, you can have any personality type because okay. When you're working at, when you're finding an event planner, you want to make sure that your personality meshes with that person, mm-hmm. with your planner. So there's so many different types of people out there that are throwing events. So that's why it's great to have many different planners to choose from. So you find one that fits your personality. Yeah. So what would you recommend to others to consider in the process of starting an event planning business? What was like, wow, this was really important for me. Um, I'm a big, I like to learn. I'm a big learner. That's one of my personality strengths. Um, Mm -hmm. is I always like to find, you know, the best way to do something, you know, which way can I do something a little bit more efficiently? Um, I think always just seeking different information from all different types of markets and different types of, um, events and those types, and just always being, um, a sponge to, Um, what's new, what's different ways to doing things because the event industry is always evolving. It's always changing. Yeah. So with that being said, how do you stay organized? Oh, very. uh, I think uh, the way that I really stay organized is um, just the moment that I complete something, I organize it into that events folder, like everything, it, like all the communication, all those types of things. Um, Google Drive is amazing. Having a great CRM that works great for you as well, too, um, is awesome. And then tracking receipts, like I feel like on the accounting side, just really being as organized as possible with how much money is going in and out um, just because wedding planning and event planning is a seasonal industry. Mm -hmm. So if you have a very strong sense of, you know, organization of your finances, that is huge just so that you can um, prepare for those ebbs and flows that come with like a seasonal industry. Yeah, no, yeah. And I just want to clarify for uh, listeners who haven't ever heard of a CRM, that stands for Customer Relationship Management. And um, it organizes all of your contacts, right? 
Um, it can organize lots of different things. It can organize um, it contacts, projects, um, different communication mm -hmm. with vendors as well. Um, and then it, a lot of CRMs also can organize like your email templates, your proposals. You know, I use HoneyBook, which I absolutely love. Lots of like great customization. Um, and then um, you can also receive payments from clients as well through your CRM. Oh, nice. I've not heard of HoneyBook before. So that's, that's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in, in the seasonal aspect of what you're talking about with planning, how do you prepare for what's like you're busy versus slow and how do you ramp mm -hmm. up to get prepared? So the way that the season kind of works for the event industry, and a lot of that is weddings, um, I would say, so the season ends in November, like right after Halloween, it does. Mm -hmm. uh, you might have like a couple of events here and there. Um, and then that leads into engagement season, which is from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. So that is when a lot of people are having, you know, their families together, getting engaged. They're just all the major holidays that like people enjoy to have their proposals at that time mm -hmm. um it's just a very loving time i should say uh so <laughs> from that time that's your kind of like selling time you know when you're booking for like the busy season and all that kind of stuff so um when engagement season comes it's all about you know advertising and making sure that um your client funnel is tight that you know your automations are ready you're organized and those types of things. Um, so that's a big part of it. And then we also have the wedding show in January. So that's another um, thing that we kind of prepare for in the off season is you know, preparing for wedding shows and expos. Um, another thing that a lot of people like to do, which is really fun. Um, some people kind of go crazy with it and do a lot of them, but it's stylized shoots. Um, it's a oh, really great... Yeah. So stylized shoots are like a fake wedding or a fake, you know, um, concept for a wedding. So what you do is a lot of vendors come together with a single vision of what this photo shoot, what the, the priority is, what the mm -hmm. vibe is. And then they all come together and then photographers, sometimes you can have, there's some stylized shoots that have like 50 photographers there's some that only have two or three or just one um and therefore you're setting up the the opportunities for the images and then you share the images throughout with networking so everybody gets kind of like social media content mm, okay yeah and yes. so is that something that you normally organize or how do you create those yeah, so sometimes photographers organize them. I um I like to do probably like two a year. I like to kind of limit it just because sometimes uh, they're very time consuming. It's your mm -hmm. lots of different pieces that are coming together um, and organizing all those types of things. It's like I said, throwing a fake event, but that takes a lot of time. Um, so um, I love to organize them because you really get creative freedom. It's not, you know, the the vision of the client or anything like that. You mm -hmm. get to create the concept and you pitch it to other vendors. And if vendors are interested in, you know, your vision, then that can come um, to life. And that's really exciting. Yeah. You get to so try different things. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, what sort of relationships then have you formed in like kind of working partners and what have you found to be a good resource for working with them? Yeah, I think that is was one of the biggest things when I started my business that I really wanted to focus on is developing relationships. And I mm-hmm. think that's that's really word of mouth is how you can grow in this industry. Um, even with Instagram and social media these days, really um, the word from a vendor is much bigger than just the word on Instagram. You know, so Mm -hmm. um, a referral from a vendor is much, has much more weight to it. So you can really um, get more clients that way, get more um, reliability, you know, just more recognition and more um, testimony to your expertise, I should say. Um, So I think that creating those relationships um, with venues, with photographers, with um, event um, rental industry, um, rental places is really huge just because they're who you work with on event days. So creating those relationships outside of just events that you work together is really huge because it just makes the communication in the planning stage beforehand a lot smoother and the day of as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you said something earlier that I want to come back to because I think it kind of ties into like a couple other questions I had regarding advertising. So Mm -hmm. you said that you want to make sure that your your funnel is tight. Um, Can you tell me what you mean by like having everything ready to go with that? And what does that typically look like? Yeah, just um, a lot of Oh, we get a lot of inquiries for different events and different types of events throughout the year. So mm-hmm. just making sure that if somebody goes to my website and looks at my website, wants to get in contact with me, making sure that there's an easy way for them to contact me in multiple different ways that, um, that right from when they log into their, that the contact form is really simple I'm not asking a million questions because we're just not at that point yet um, just to get in contact with me from the get-go and then having that automated email that saying, yes, I received your inquiry. You know, we'd love to get back to you. Um, Set up a time here. If you find a time that works best for you and I can't wait to hear about your event. And Mm -hmm. then from there, um, because everybody has like a different touchback. So even if, I send that automated email. I like to send a personal one that's saying, hey, I'm super excited to hear about your event. Just wanted to say hello, you know, love to schedule a time and just having the touch points um, until that inquiry consultation is booked. And then after that, after that inquiry consultation is booked, I send out that longer questionnaire that lets me see a little bit more of the scope of what they're looking for. Um, and then just giving them time to finish that and me to also um, understand, you know, okay, this is what they'll need. This is what they think that they need. And this is what they want. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of um, making sure that the process of that is just really streamlined so that um, nothing can fall through the cracks. Yeah, no, that's really good advice too, because that's like a whole process thing as well. hmm um, so do you think it's necessary to diversify the type of events you put on uh, to stay busy throughout the year? Or do you think that it's not entirely um, the best choice? 
I think it depends on um, what your goal is in your business. I think that makes a huge difference. I mm -hmm. really like to also do nonprofit events. So um, I do uh, an event with the library in September, even though that's in my busy wedding season, I always make sure that, you know, I'm giving them like a heads up, hey, book this the event if you'd like with me because um that's when I don't I want to do that event every year I enjoy doing nonprofits and so but some people don't you it, it just really depends on what your goals are for your um for your company and I think um try not to do all the events as well that can be a slippery slope and an expensive slope you know and but then I also think trying different things is also great too, because as I feel like as my business is growing, I'm constantly learning and mm -hmm. pivoting. Okay. That didn't work. I didn't really enjoy this part of this type of event. So I'm going to focus more on these events. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, especially when you're starting your business, I think it's important to take risks, but I also think it's smart to be realistic and trust your gut in what you need to do. You don't always have to say yes as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So is there a point with that being said, it sounds like the feedback on that was, yes, you can explore diversify, but do it in moderation. And then, um, is there a point where you reach capacity on the amount of clients that you are managing at the same time, typically? Um, yeah, I feel like I sometimes push that envelope a little bit, especially if I work <laughs> <Don't> we <all? laughs> two events in the same weekend. I I even did two events in the same day and that was wow. Stupid. It went smooth, <laughs> everything went great, but it was just not I, why did I do that to myself? You know, so mm -hmm. I'm still learning that. I think that was something when I came into my business, I really didn't want to overbook myself, like overpromise, I guess I should say. Um, just because I don't want to burn out. I this for me, my my company and my um is forever. And so I really didn't want to put too much onto my plate that I couldn't grow. I only could implode. Mm -hmm. um, so that was something that I really wanted to slowly build. Um, so I'm still playing around with that one. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's okay. So how do you structure your time so that you can make sure each client is getting what they need? Um, that goes from the, even the, um, the inquiry calls that really lets me kind of know what type of person that they are. Are they super type A and they're going to make sure that all of their communication and all those types of things are, um, on point with every single vendor, including me, you know, I don't have to babysit those types of clients, but if it's somebody who is, I've only been to two weddings in my entire life, I have no idea where to go. I need to do a little bit more handholding with those types of clients. So they require a little bit more time. Um, so that's something that I kind of find out in the beginning. And then that kind of shows the scope of what my work needs to be. Um, so I, the way that kind of, um, since most people, their wedding is a year away. Um, so then that's where first you get your vendor, then you get your photographer, then you get your DJ. So there's certain steps that we take 
and just start crossing off the list. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on the clients and how much help that they need um, is the big part of it. But I think having somebody there who understands um, the event industry, how logistics work, um, somebody to even bounce off ideas is really important. So I have um, all communication like via email with all my clients throughout their entire process, regardless of, you know, how many consultations that they have, just because I want to be that advocate for them in their um, planning journey. Okay. Yeah. No, that, and that's a good way to think about it is uh, advocacy mm-hmm. in the process. Cause sometimes that can be yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess my, my last question for you is what resources or advice have you had from people that you found beneficial um, that you think would be good for other people trying to start this type of business? I think the biggest advice was was to get out of my comfort zone and really reach out to different vendors and venues. That was huge advice that I implemented and it really helped my business grow. I remember mm-hmm. my first um my first venue because you can you can schedule a visit with any venue. But the first venue visit that I did with my own company was really exhilarating and really exciting to, you know, to to talk about, talk with the venue manager about who you are, um, you know, learn about them, learn about the the venue and soak up as much information as you can so that you can be the expert in that venue, that vendor, that expertise. So mm-hmm. really leaning on their, on their knowledge as well too, and letting yeah and letting them do their part with the client as well. So that's why vendor relationships are just really important because you rely on each other so much. It's, it's insane. You know, Yeah, (laughs) it really is like, that's just the more that you can work with people in the industry. And even if you don't know anybody like looking on Instagram, reaching out, Hey, I'd love to have coffee. Hey, I'd love to learn more about what you do. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, any just really soaking that in and having that comfortable relationship so that when you have a client and that, you know, that they're the perfect fit, you know, that they're going to do a good job because you've trusted them as well. Right. Yeah. No, that's really good Mm -hmm. advice. Thank you. Um, yeah. So we're going to transition now to the gawk portion of this episode. And okay. <laughs> so gawk, uh, the sister gawk is um, about gawk means to stare openly and stupidly. And I enjoy asking like questions <laughs> that are a little <laughs> bit, um, a little bit not on topic. So what would you say your favorite event is that you've planned and what made it memorable to you? Oh, well, I think actually one of my favorite, I was going to go one direction, but I'm going to go the other. One of my favorite events that I've ever planned was my 10 year high school reunion. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really excited that, for this. Yeah, that was super fun. So we had, I was in catering at this time. So I do come from a background in catering, which really oh, okay. helps me with my, with my business now, but I was working in catering. So I was on the planning committee um, and it was amazing working with people that I went to high school with again. And we were in this committee and it was super fun 
to kind of think about, okay, what should we do? We should do something different. You know, I, I went to Denfeld, so all reunions are at Mr. D's. I'm not hating on Mr. D's, but we just wanted to do something different. So um, yeah, just thinking about different people that I knew, different resources that I had. And I, um, we came to this awesome theme of having like a class of 2008 at Stargate. So then Stargate was like the nightclub when we were in high school. We had it at the boardroom in Superior that was um, remodeled. It looks great. And I knew the owner. I know the owner um, as well. So we had this really fun like high school theme party at the nightclub that we had when we were kids. Um, so yeah, it was super fun. It was amazing. We had about 70 people, I would say, at um, our reunion. And it was amazing vibes. We had the music that we had from high school. People were on the dance mm -hmm. floor. <laughs> we had, it was just, we did a toast and we all, you know, toasted each other, class of 2008. And it was funny because I think my favorite part of the story is we had a Facebook messenger group or, or a message board with everybody in our class. And when we announced what the the event was, we got a lot of backlash from certain people in our class who were mad about why are we going in Superior? What is going on? We could have had it here. We could have had it here. And the committee, my friend on the committee was like, oh, my God, maybe we've made a mistake. Everybody hates it. And I said, no, just wait. I like, this is what we decided as a committee. It's going to be amazing. Don't worry. Like, it's going to be great. The day of the event came. Everybody loved it. Everybody was complimenting us. Even the people who were giving backlash attended and had a great time. It was just, it was so much fun. And it was just kind of a, that's something that I even tell my my couples is that the backlash that you get about your wedding or your event or people, you know, saying, well, this doesn't mm -hmm. align or what is this? Or, you know, I have to do this. They're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the whole picture of the event or anything like that. They're thinking about how it affects their life. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're, that's what they're speaking to. Mm -hmm. So if you stand your ground and say, no, this is the event that we're throwing, this is what we're doing, and you really stick to your guns, you're going to be much more happier than if you cave based on their personal needs. And that yeah. was a huge eye opener in, and now that I carry that throughout my business, it's, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your yes, time today. thank you. And I, yes, I, I did forget to uh, ask this. So tell me how people can find you. Yes, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and then we're also have our website, which is greenframeevents.com. Um, and then that's also at greenframeevents um, for all of Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but um, feel free to come and check out my website and just send me an email as well. My email is on the contact um, page and I would just love to hear about people's journey and how I can help them if they're interested in starting in the event planning industry. It's an amazing industry to be in and I'm so grateful. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can give it a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll see you next time.